the way we see the problem is the problem. And I'm just asking you to, to open up your minds and say, could there be something that I need to see in a more deeper and fundamental way that it's really about me and the way I see my own life? Could Does God really want to use me for this in His glory? Is He actually... You know, I, I met with a guy on a Saturday morning for about three hours one time, and I've never been more encouraged. As he walked to the door, he stopped... And he kind of looked up at me before he went out and he goes, so what you're saying is at the end of the day, this is really about me. And I went, amen. I mean, I don't. it's probably about your prodigal too. But the point is, is that do you think God's going to put you on the sideline while he works on his prodigal? Or do you think he might be using this furnace to refine you? Think about it. I don't think he, anything he does is by chance. So, uh, Covey's observation was, I think that long-term thinking, character, you know, ethic executives are simply turned off by all this psychology and motivational spe- speakers. They want, they want substance. They want process. And for you to really change and be different, it's going to take time. We all got here in a certain period of time, and, and so you need to have character. You need to stay the course. Be guided by God. Lead yourself well. You're going to fall. You're going to, you're going to stumble. And all you can do is ask for forgiveness. Um, it's the same thing that you know our pastor says around here. If you like where you are, just keep doing what you're doing. Okay? Uh, people will come all the time. We've had actually honest people come to our ministry and say, you know, I understand what you're saying. It makes sense. And I just can't do it. I'm gone. I'm done. You know, and and uh, it's sad, but they like where they are better than changing, and so they're gonna they're gonna keep getting the same thing. Uh, I, I thought that it was Wag- I thought this was his original thought, but it wasn't. Einstein actually said it earlier, and he said the significant problems we faced cannot be solved at the same level of thinking we were when we created them. So it's a very, very similar statement. And then Proverbs talks about it. There are ways which seem right to a man, but in the end they lead to death. So uh, Covey calls it inside-out thinking. Uh, it's Inside-out says that private victories, how do you get there? How do you become this woman of character or this man of character? How can you do that? Well, it's a process. It talks. It, it's one decision at a time. It's one day at a time. It's private victories that you're going to have quiet time today. That you're going to take a principle and you're going to memorize it. You're going to actually going to you're actually going to call someone and hold hold me accountable for what I'm doing. You're going to surround yourself by community. You're going to make a decision and when you stumble you're going to get up and you do it one day at a time and all of a sudden I mean, I remember Elizabeth was telling me a minute ago that I taught her Connecting Point eight years ago. I thought I'd been here five or six years. And all of a sudden I look, and she was talking about in 2003, we were in the middle of a hellacious time. We had them at our house, had, had these weeks when we were having Connecting Points at our own houses. And uh, I think it was for six weeks or something. And, and uh, she said, I just remember at that time you were in the middle of all this hellacious thing and you teared up uh, which is very common for me uh, about you know about your son and, and this was when he was graduating for high school and to see where you are now and have the ministry well I mean you know you just forget those things sometimes and and, and, it, and it didn't happen it's eight years <laughs> so sorry it's not going to happen in eight minutes and so um, we just can't put a quick fix on it but Jesus calls this inside inside out 
the heart, right? It's the Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's, it's don't be afraid, don't worry, be gentle, the meek. Um, you know, He desires mercy, not sacrifice. He just wants a relationship with you. And I've talked about these private victories. So the biblical application is, um, this is not something we give right off the bat because it's not a fun, fun verse. Cause it's, but it's, if it's true, if it's in the Bible, it's true. Consider it pure joy when you encounter various trials. I think that's a misquote there, my brothers. When you encounter various trials of all kinds is what it says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result that you may be made perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. It ties right in there with Psalms 1, 1971. It was good for me to be afflicted that I might learn your decrees. I don't get very close to God when, I'm ro- when Jay Burns is rocking along and everything's doing great. Um, so the principles is it's a process. It takes time. We can only control our prodigals indirectly by controlling the only thing we can control, ourselves. We can't solve our issues with the same paradigm that created or perpetuated the problem. So um, I'm going to, well, that's all, that's all it is for now. So I'm going to close that out uh, and just uh, let's open this up to questions. We've got a few minutes here. If you have to go get a child, you can and bring them back. But uh, we ask you to fill out an evaluation form before you leave, please. But yes, ma'am. How do you know when's the right time for them? Like my son, has, um, he's had this issue for a long time, since, probably since he was born. Yeah. And um, he's not creating havoc or chaos in our house. Right. And he's really, it's, he flunked out of college. And, and I can see in retrospect that it's because he's so focused on this issue, trying to get this settled, this homosexuality thing. And, you know, where that is with God and where that is with us and where that is with Him, He can't do anything else. I mean, He works, but, you know, it's like this is an overwhelming thing in His life. So He lives with us, and um, He's not a problem. Um, and we've all been kind of standing around looking at the white elephant in the room for a long time, because I could, we could see, I could see this was coming. You know, and nobody knew what to do. And um, but now that He's kind of stepped off the cliff, meaning He met somebody on the Internet, now He's been going out with that guy, you know, and that drives me crazy. And so I don't know whether it's now time to say, you know, if you're going to do this, then, you know, taking this to another level, and it's time for you to go, or what? Because whether you're still at home, you still have some influence, you know, an ability to speak the truth, if he's willing to listen. And he's not a rebel, he's not angry, well, he's angry at God, but he's not, he's just, we don't have a lot of that chaos caused by him. So I don't know what's the right thing to do, and how do you know when what's the right thing? Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do something I've learned over 56 years, and I'm gonna speak in generalities. And uh, uh, but I think God has really helped us in our ministry to bring Randy and Mickey Matthews into yeah, our ministry, and they and they have they have uh, come along uh, because if if you know on the list of things for me to ask God about what were you thinking uh, is that it, the homosexuality issue is a really tough one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's stretched me to include this in our ministry. Uh, our church feels that this is not a terminally unique problem, and I'm totally convinced that that people like you, parents that struggle with kids who struggle with homosexuality, need to be in our ministry because if we have a separate ministry for that, mm-hmm. they're already struggling with with this concept of terminal uniqueness. Mm-hmm. And we just feel it's a sin like any other sin. And if we have a special ministry for them, it's, we'll say, it's like telling them that 
we'll do it, but we need to get you guys over here in a corner where because this is a weird thing. This is or it's terminally unique. Your problem is unique. So all I would say is is that we 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 deal with that within our ministry. Randy and Mickey, I really lean on them heavily because I haven't walked that walk, mm-hmm. um, and it puzzles me. I see kids that 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 look gay from the time they're two and three years of age, and and I don't understand that. But I also know people that struggle with other sins from an early time as well, and I think that that uh, uh, condoning it uh, and condoning condoning a sin uh, and living in the same household and condoning that relationship is something that's God honoring or, or okay. I think is wrong. Okay. On the other hand, you just don't want to. I, I don't think that, uh, and I say all these these things with fear and trembling. But um, uh, I, I think that's truth, and I would and I would help with the leaders and other people in here. We're all in this together. But I also don't want. I think the confusing thing. I would never want to want to uh, tell you to. to uh, you would always have to tell your son that it's not about loving, not loving him because of a certain choice. I mean, I loved my son when he was stealing from me. But I'm not going to lay my wallet out anymore, and uh, and I love my son when he was, you know, uh, doing crazy things. But uh, the chaos he was creating in the house uh, for me meant he couldn't come back and live with us. It, it had to be it had to be somewhere else. You don't have that chaos, but uh, but on the other hand, you've told me that his actions are creating chaos in your own heart and and beginning to cause a a thing that that distracts you you know if he's focused with it you're fairly focused with it and you're here today because of it and you don't want to dismiss it but um, I just uh, you know I I just uh, I just think that there's a fine balance between speaking truth to your son and not wearing him out but not compromising either. And so I don't know that I have the exact right answer for you because it's not a chaotic situation. It's not like he's doing crystal meth and, and something like that. Um, so I would, I would encourage you, just like I encourage other people to ask me that question, to say, I can talk to you in general principles. But the reason I can do this ministry is because I've been comforted in my walk. I've lived the addiction. I've lived the chaos. I haven't lived the non-chaotic homosexual parenting walk so I don't want to get outside of my bounds but that's why we have leaders in our ministry that can help you much better than I can mm-hmm. in that regard I don't mean to cop out on you yeah, but is that no, okay, okay. alright perfect uh, what else yes ma'am so Tuesday evenings you can start any anytime you want to the curriculum runs all the time you can plug in anytime you want to. You'll come in. You'll meet. You'll tell us. We'll tell you about what the ministry's like. Although you'll have a head start. Jim Word usually leaves our our introductory group, and then if you say, "Hey, this is for me, and I'm willing to do it," it's what the crazy thing is just to say, "Wait a minute, I don't have the problem. Why am I going to, to things every Tuesday night?" That's the first thing that's crazy. Um, but if you can get over that, we'd love for you to be there. And, and and you can plug in anytime you want to. We've got people that we thought would bug out after the first time, but what they found was is that we do update our talks, but the fact is is how many times have you gone over the same scripture six months apart or a year apart and it's like you read it for the first time. So I don't think the teaching 
repetition is going to be a problem. We do that every six or seven or eight months. But the main thing you get is having people around you that are walking the same path, that are struggling with their marriages, uh, struggling with getting on the same page, which... Dale, I really want to. I want to tell you until you get on the same page. Single parents have the hardest thing, uh, unless they're single and they're biblical and they're alone. The hardest ones are single parents who have a spouse that's creating havoc over here. That's not a believer, and that's the real problem that we see. But if you're married and you're not on the same play, page, you will get nowhere if you're if you're not on the same page. And so you got to work on your marriages first. A lot of people come in there figure this out, realize they'd rather be in re-engage than, than re-engage is a, is a uh, sorry, we ran a little over. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah, if you, come, back, if you come back with your kids if you want to, but... More than likely, I'll just come on and I think that would be great. Be great. Come on. Uh, and so, uh, what was I saying? Can you remember? Okay, reengage is uh, a ministry for uh, married couples that are struggling in their marriage, and so uh, we we moved to Tuesday night because we were meeting on Monday nights the same time Regenerate our OCR was meeting, and so many of our people realized, you know, I was an alcoholic, or I'm enabling, I'm a people pleaser. Um, I struggle with this. I need to go get myself in line and work through my steps, and then I'll come back and I can work on my kid. Um, they're such a mess that they really can't deal with their prodigal in a, in a, in a powerful way. So um, re-engage is something that, that uh, being on the same page is a, is a really important thing. So, I, and so you can come any Tuesday night. You can just, you can just flow right through the curriculum and... and uh, Get in, get in with us, and if you think you want to do that, we'll get you into a closed group, and then you'll develop a community, and we'll have a leader with you, and, and we'll walk through all these principles. And we try to do everything we can. As you can see today, everything we do, we try to not shoot from the hip. We really try to tell you this is what God's Word says about it when it comes to discipline, consequences, boundary, laying, laying your Isaac down, hope. Hope comes in Jesus Christ. Uh, so anyway, what else? Our son is so gracious to let us share his story because he hopes that it might help someone else. So I just want to say that um, he has uh, been sober now for like five years and he's having a good relationship right now and he's in a good place. So I just like to tell that, number one, to give you hope, but to, to say that we're not, I mean, he allows us to tell his story because he hopes it helps Yeah, our son was addicted to cocaine and marijuana and it went on for several years and got really accelerated but he's doing well now he's a, and so i mean he's he's not walking totally with god uh but he's he's got a girlfriend that's got him closer and so if you'd pray for if you'd pray for that to continue that'd be great so uh, he's doing well dale you had a question earlier about i'm just assuming you were asking a question about generational uh impact of sin and specifically is it the way you're handling a situation will impact your kids and their kids and down the road. Is that is that the thing, or was it your parents who were reflecting you? Or well, maybe the latter. Maybe the latter. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not. Uh, I uh, part of my story was suspecting that my son, my college, uh, he's a junior now, 
last year had asked me if a friend of his that he met at college could move in because he had a separate build, uh, building behind our house that was vacant at the time. And uh, I said, sure. And so he was be paying his rent. Just some things, nothing. I, and I may have just completely missed it. I suspect, but I suspected homosexuality on the part of his friend. And so one night I kicked him out of the house in the middle of the night. I, I didn't make, I said, you got, it turned out he had, there's a week before, in a week his rent was due for another 30 days. And I said, okay, you got till Sunday, Sunday, Sunday to get out. My son just went ballistic, which, you know, I, I, I don't know how to interpret that. Does that is it, did I hit a nerve? I mean, was it really something there? Or did, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Confused about it. Uh, I don't know if I just, I may have just reacted up because of my own sexual sins, uh, hypersensitive. Yeah. And seeing something wasn't there, that's possible. But I, I didn't see any overt, really overt, just a closeness that I didn't understand. Find them in, to, in bed together, either in the house, in my son's room, or out there, they land next to each other. And I'm thinking, okay, that's, that's not right. That's weird. What's yeah. And when the last time it happened, and I asked my son, and I said, well, maybe it's cold. He said, I don't know, maybe it's cold. And it was cold in there. It was freezing like in here. But, so, I don't know, I guess it, maybe I didn't deal with it right, but within a month and a half, my son followed him, and now they're on campus in a dorm. I, if there was really something there, I don't know. But I just the way he blew up, I, I, I don't understand. He was just angry in my face. I thought he was going to hit me and stuff. And so, but but when we talked a couple of days after it happened, I thought it's kind of like like this, you know. Like, okay, I can take homosexual thing off my plate. He convinced me that there was nothing going on. Uh, but there was something definitely insincere about the when we prayed together, and I thought something's he's not coming clean on something. Something's still going on here. And because some counsel had been given. So I told him, I said, I said I'm, just, I'm just aware of generational sin. I had mentioned that to him earlier, and he said, well, his friend is Pentecostal, and, 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 and uh, uh, the school's Pentecostal. Uh, he's even, his friend is even a, is a reverend. Yeah, yeah. So he's telling me, okay, he, this guy's my mentor, I'm going with him, this and that. Uh, and so he denied is any generational sin. I said, well, I don't know. I said, I'm not so convinced, but I just, I just said, you, 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 I just want to deal with this in the right way. And he said, well, there's no generational sin. I said, I reject that in the name of Jesus, whatever. And just kind of passed it off. It's not really a concern. So that's the thing. I just have a question about that. Well, I would, I would, let me, let me say this. In terms of generational sin, I do think that, you know, we're, this is not in a context for us to get, you know, dispensationalism going, but in terms of Old Testament covenant and New Testament. But I think what you struggle with, I may be wrong. I'm just breaking it down in its simplest form. But it's guilt. You know, did I have a cause for what's happening here? And, and we have a whole other, we had to choose seven talks. <laughs> For three hours, and we got a whole talk about guilt, and uh, guilt is a is a letting that go. I mean, uh, Steve talked about it a lot, but uh, guilt and forgiveness and how it's all tied in for, together. But uh, all of our I mean, you may not I, I don't know Jeanette's not angry, okay? But do you have you ever have you ever felt 
any guilt about this at all? I mean, uh, in other words, I might be responsible for the way that I parented and the way that I did this. We pretty much are, uh, we pretty much are, are, or maybe even in your mom's relationship, you know, did, do I have a role in that? Do I feel guilty in some way? I mean, maybe you don't, but guilt is usually a big part of our ministry with regard to what did I do to cause this problem? And, um, uh, that's some things that we wrestle with. I will tell you that you've got to let that go. I mean, you're obviously a man who, uh, the way you've just talked in a second, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know you well at all, but I assume you're here at a church because you have a have a faith of some sort. I don't know. I can't judge in five seconds, nor is it my job to judge. But I bet you've raised that kid in a godly home. As, as well as you can. It sounds like there's some turmoil. It sounds like there's some generational sin. It sounds like that. But the fact of the matter is, is that I'll bet you if I looked at it, you've given him uh, a room over his head. Uh, you've tried to do the right thing. You've introduced him to Jesus Christ. And he's got to take responsibility for his actions. And you could always be worse. You could always be better. But, I, but I'll bet you that if it was examined... You've given him enough. At the end of the day, he's got to be responsible for his own actions. That's the nutshell which we would develop and try to encourage and empower you with over a long time in our curriculum. What else? Anybody else have any specifics? I know there was a parents in here and there was you guys here as a family. And, you know, we have a, did we ever get that, uh, Jim, you were telling me, did we ever get that uh, mobile? Yes, it's hanging up in my bedroom. Perfect. So. We have a we have a mobile that that we, that, that, that when, we, when we when we went to wilderness treatment camp when my son was in in wilderness uh, to to get his uh, we had our first family camp when he when he went for his for his uh, recovery um, and the very first lecture was about this, this guy had his mobile just sitting here you know it was just stationary and he said then he had everything hanging off of it and everything and there was just one little one little icon here and just hanging there motionless and he said this is your prodigal you know and it's all about him however when he gets haywire and he hit this thing and this whole thing starts when he goes it affects the entire family and 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 the ramifications just keep going and that's the reason that it's about you is that when he goes off the tidal wave just keeps spinning that mobile and so it you can't you, you, the whole thing has to be in it. So we have a talk about family. We have a talk about siblings. We have a talk about, you know, those kind of things. And, and, and um, it's just not an isolated prodigal issue. So. I don't know if this is a question. In my head it is. But um, how do you get through just kind of the, the day-to-day getting together with this person? That you know they're not walking yeah. how you would desire them to. But how do you just have that relationship yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. What you're asking, I think, what you're asking is, how do you have a relationship with uh, uh, with your prodigal? Uh, I used to call it. I used to call it. You know, how can you talk about superficial things when Rome is burning? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I mean, right. and all they really right. want to talk about are the cowboys, yeah, or the shopping, right. or whatever. Yes. And you're going. I'm, I'm assuming you're going, yes. Mom. Yes. Your life is a disaster. Yes. You're not walking with God. You're depressed. You don't glorify God. You don't. You don't glorify me. You don't value me. It's about us. You, you don't have a relationship with your daughter, and and you're not addressing it, and it's killing me. Yes. And we're talking about unimportant stuff. Yes. So I get it. So, so, 
Right. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Right. Right. And we all we all have that conversation. And and I and the fact is is that you weigh in when you can. You try to resolve conflict and go when you can. But um, you've got to let that go when you walk away as well. I mean. Jenny wants Hunter to still, to this day, to come up before him. I think she'll be totally happy when one day when he goes, Mom, I was an idiot, and you were right every step of the way. Forgive me for what I've done. I'm not positive that's going to happen, but that's what she would like to have happen. Do you want to comment on about how you handle that day-to-day in terms of the, the having these superficial talks when Rome is burning? You know, when, when your kid's out of control and or your, her, her mom is out of control. and uh, Anybody want to comment on that? I don't know how to handle it other than just day-to-day giving it to God and then occasionally choosing your time to just tell her how much you're hurting. You know? You know? Are you saying there's an elephant in the room and you're talking to her? It's like the big elephant in the room. I mean, like, yeah. I just, I, she just wants to know what I did last weekend and what I'm doing next weekend. And so you all haven't had a real... We have, but she doesn't want to get help. She doesn't want to talk to anybody. She blames me for her life, partly. Half of it runs my father, the other half. Let me ask you this: What if, what if you? I'm not saying you get there today. Yeah. But what if you? Do you think she manipulates you by holding you hostage? For her problem, in other words, by she is a manipulator. That's what I'm saying. Yes. In other words, do you think it might free something up? I don't know your mom, but do you think it would free something up if you just said kind of what I said to Hunter and said, "Mom, look, I love you, but this is killing me. I, I love you. I'll always love you unconditionally, but this relationship is strained and hurtful because I want a relationship with you. I want I want you to be walking with God. I want you to do whatever her situation is, and I don't know all the ramifications, but you mentioned depression and some other things and whatever. But if you said, I just got to let you know, I, I, I know you blame me, but I, I can't take responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. And do what you will. I will always be here to have a relationship, but I'm not going to let you hold me hostage anymore. This is occupying my time and my space, and it's not God-honoring. Mm-hmm. And you can be mad at me or whatever you want to, but I want to work this out with you. But no matter what you do, if you fall off the cliff, I have warned you, I have yelled. It's Ezekiel 33, mm-hmm. verses 1 through 10. You are the watchman. You are blowing the horn. You're doing everything. If you don't blow the horn, then the responsibility is on your head. If you don't blow the horn, the responsibility... Yeah, if you don't... Yeah. So we found out you're most of the problem today. So we need to talk with you after class.